Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Joel Elston here. Today is Thursday, October the 18th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for this Thursday morning. We hope your Thursday's off to a terrific start. It's off to a cold start here in the Northeast. Uh, we are currently dealing with temperatures in the low 30s, which is not uncommon for New England, but it's a little colder than we would like, and we're looking forward to the day warming up because we don't want it to stay there, Joel. <laughs> well, it, it, I happen to love cold weather, so uh, uh, we're, I'm in central Virginia as we're speaking. It's about 45 degrees, and uh, uh, I would actually be grateful. I am grateful for the 45 degrees, and I'll equally be grateful when we get into the 30s. So okay. Well, about perspective. Walt. It is perspective. No <laughs> doubt about it. No doubt about it. And, and in fact, that's kind of the root of the topic for today because time is one of those things that we, we kind of take for granted, but, uh, philosophers and scientists and a variety of different people, spiritualists, have all told us that uh, time isn't what we think it is, that it's a little bit different from what we think. And and the more that I explore that topic, the more my mind boggles. So I figured it was time to unboggle my mind and, and actually delve into this and see if we can make sense out of the topic. But before we get there, I want to make sure we get our promos in for the day. First and foremost, as everyone who is a regular listener knows we're looking for everyone to become subscribers. And interestingly, interestingly enough, Joel, it turns out that when I look at the numbers, somewhere around 20 to 35% of our listenership on any given day are not subscribers. And we'd love them to become subscribers. Huh. Can you imagine that? It's really true. I mean, we're so used to oh. having so many subscribers sign up that we forget there are people who listen who just, you know, haven't become a subscriber or maybe this is their first episode or whatever. Um, so we want to urge you, please do subscribe. You get a lot of great content coming right to your smartphone every single day. It's, it's real easy to do. Um, if you're not sure how to do it, we've got instructions on the homepage of our website at LOAToday.net. Uh, they're just icons for you to click there, one for an Android phone, one for an iPhone or iPad, and a third one for people who are using another kind of operating system between besides the big two. And you just follow the steps after that. But uh, please do become a subscriber. It really does pay off for you. And then after you subscribe, this is the second message that we do every day, please do share the fact that you're listening to LOAToday.net on your favorite social media channel because the campaign to uh, do exactly that is helping us reach more and more people every day who are not aware of your daily dose of happy and who could certainly use it. And I continue to say, Joel, my greatest dream is to have hundreds of thousands, millions of people getting their daily dose of happy and then imagining as best I can how that would change the world. I, I mean, I really believe that our worldwide society would ch shift hugely for the better if more and more people just had a better feeling perspective to start their day, just because of what, what we know about how the law of attraction works. And so, I mean, that's my dream. That's what I, I keep hoping and praying is going to happen. Well, and, and that, you know, a lot of people of a uh, similar mindset to ours uh, has that same view or that same hope that uh, we will get to a place where the majority of the people or, 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 or whatever number will, will start to believe or, or feel this way and understand the power. And then that would literally change the country. Um, if, if we could get to a place of, uh, of, of positive thought of realizing we attract what we, we put out there, that everybody's opinion and perspective is theirs to control and, 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 you know, they're not the enemy and all that, all the message that the law of attraction brings. Uh, the responsibility the law of attraction brings is such an incredible message that it, you're right. It, 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 it does 
represent a changing of thought and uh, a removal of victimhood. And uh, that that's one of our horrible uh, uh, curses our country faces is that whole uh, concept that we have to uh, l- sort of live in that way. And, and law of attraction tells us differently. And, and that's that message. If the more people, uh, it, could, it could be our podcast that, that you, you mentioned uh, the other day or just moments ago that, and, and I heard from someone the other day, there are people that randomly find us. Uh, yeah. uh, somebody was actually looking for something. Uh, and I forget what they said they were looking for on a podcast has zero to do with law of attraction <laughs> and uh, it had nothing to do with any of that. However, they somehow ran across, they mistakenly listened to our podcast and now they're just loving what we're talking about. And so the, the the idea that we we're reaching people and and this person um, person had a really nice perspective of things and 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 said that the podcast was very helpful and again randomly ran across that yeah uh, so when people share it, it is you know it it is something that that when we do this a lot of people think that our, we have ulterior motives uh, and and we do we 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 believe in this so strongly we'd love to share it I've never made a a, a really a secret about I would love for this to become mainstream I would love for us to be on a, a nationwide radio stream on XM radio with our all of my co-hosts spread out over the day I, I make no bones about that not, not only would I love that personally I think the message would would resonate uh, but for right now we're reaching a, a really big audience we continue to grow and I'm really just excited to see where this is going to go and when we're in the middle of where we're at right now, you, you just got to take a breath. When we started, uh, you and I, uh, when we first started doing podcasts together, I, I think there were many weeks it was you and I listening. To each <laughs> Pretty other, much, yeah. That was it. <laughs> Maybe a few others, but yeah, not many. <laughs> and, uh, right. And, and, and so to talk about the numbers that you're talking about is just, is just astronomical and, and really makes me grateful for that. So, uh, so yes, anything you can do that any of our listeners, uh, just simply mentioning it in social media, uh, right? Joel's an idiot. Anything that will get, you know, anything that helps. Uh, I'm good with it as long as you get the law with, you know, you know, that, that would be, that would be helpful. Uh, it really is, uh, the people that I hear from are, it's just, it's humbling to, to have people reach out and say that somehow, you know, in some remote place in the United States or even another country, somebody to touch base with us said we've had an impact on them. It's amazing. Uh, to look at the path that led us to that. So I, 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 in a bigger picture, I'm, I'm just grateful for all of this, Walt. I really am. I am, too. I'm really grateful for all of our listeners who keep sticking with us through thick and thin. And, uh, I mean, just the other day, Cindy got uh, a tweet from somebody who described himself as one of our binge listeners. And I read that. It just gave me this warm feeling inside. Like, there's another one, people who just love to keep listening to our podcast. Like you said, there was a time when it was just you and me and maybe, uh, you know, family members listening. That was about it. And and now, oh, my goodness, yeah. it has been such a, a tremendous journey getting to this point. So, yes, thank you for pointing that out and remembering that. It's very important. Um, yes. Now, the yes. last last seven and a half minutes of this show apparently are an illusion. Now, it was a really good illusion. I mean, we were talking about something that was very important, but apparently it was an illusion. And that that's a tough idea to swallow sometimes. Um, but it made for a good topic, especially since you posted along this line on your Facebook timeline about how you believe that time is an illusion. So I want to get your perspective on it. I mean, what what happened to the last eight minutes? Did I imagine it? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it, there, there's multiple um, veins, and, I, and, and as our audience that are regular listeners know, um, they, they keep up with uh, just how much energy and effort I put into these topics before the show starts. So I'm. Uh, <laughs> What, what that what that means is Walt tells me one minute before we go on air what our topic is. So, That's uh, it. <laughs> so what you're getting, yeah, what you're getting from me is uh, uh, just sort of an unrehearsed, uh, uh, you know, answer. But I I feel it's so much better when it is that way. At least the way my brain operates. So I will be. <laughs> I love that this topic because it it you can you can approach this topic from philosophical levels or law of attraction levels. But the, to me, the basis of time is something that humans came up with to, to measure the, you know, the, 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 a lifespan or measure, uh, you know, something that goes on. It, it, they had to come up, humans had to come up with some way of saying, um, yes, we, we, we need a measurement here. We need to be able to, uh, you know, these babies are born and then they die and, and, you know, they turn into old people and they die. So, I mean, along the way, they need, you know, it just naturally develops. So let's start measuring time. So they, they, the closest they could come to is, well, um, if we're keeping track of all this, all those years, apparently, uh, whether they thought the sun was moving or the earth was moving, but whatever that combination for them at the time was, it took one year for the cycle to take place. Uh, then as they were able to study it a little more, it's not quite exactly a year. So we need to add a little day here, some time here, <laughs> seconds here, every now and then. Right. And so they, you know, so you can even see within time, it's like, okay, here's time. Oh, by the way, we have to throw in an extra day in February every four years just because we don't have it quite right. Um, and, and, and when you look at all of that cumulative uh, collection of time, it's a great way to mark events. You know, January uh, 1st, you know, in, in 1901, you know, it, 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 we know events, you can Google that date and there'll be stuff that happened on that date. Mm -hmm. Uh, so time, time is a representative for humans in my perspective of, of what goes on. But the, when you get into a more philosophical understanding of time, the only relevant moment in, from my perspective is this exact moment right now. What has happened, like you said, eight minutes ago, nine minutes ago, while it's a memory for us, it, it has no bearing on right now. It, it, it only has the bearing we give it. And, and, and I don't know if we take another breath after the next minute. It, there's no, it's, I, I believe we will, but it's not relevant to where I'm active in my mindset right now. So the, the concepts of one of the great, one of my uh, favorite books is the power of now. And a lot of the concepts are there is I am, my soul power exists right in this moment now that for most people to understand that it's like well joel that's you know that's just sort of gobbledygook but when you really think about since i'm an action oriented person action takes place right now i can worry about my action tomorrow i can worry about the bill collectors tomorrow i can worry about what's happening tomorrow or i can focus in my moment of action right now and when i'm in that safety of the moment of now Everything's fine. Anxiety comes from when I, I step away from the moment of now. So the illusion of time for some people and, and for many people, it is actually a, a very uh, uh, detracting event in their life. The illusion of time, you know, there's, a, there's artificial deadlines that we put in place. There, there's things we put in place that cause us stress and, cause, and then the worry and, and how I'm tying it into the law of attraction 
is when I'm worried about tomorrow, then I am putting out the field of worry or anxiety, no, no matter what it's about, versus living in right now where I do control so much. I have great power in this moment. I have actions I can take. I can, I can fix problems. I can do things right now. That, again, stuff that's in my control. However, tomorrow hasn't happened. Tomorrow may not happen, but I, I, I can't get stuck on that. Now, I understand I have to do things today that in anticipation of the, the, the more than likelihood of tomorrow, but, but I have no power in tomorrow. And when I try to put my energy, any energy put toward tomorrow, robs me of all of my energy today. I mean, it's just, it's a great power drain mm. versus that focus on. And, and one of the, and I, here's a great example that, that I, I realized when my understanding of this started taking place is in 1995, when I got into recovery from my addiction, um, I was facing severe consequences. I was, uh, uh, you know, I, I had criminal charges that were being filed against me for, for money that I had stolen from a company that I was working for. I was in I was in desperate straits, and I ended up in this halfway house on Anna Maria Island in Florida, and uh, I, I had to get I, I I was clueless. When you look at the overwhelming picture of what it, it, it was, just unbelievable. Walt, all the things that I was facing, mm. and there was no humanly possible way that I could no humanly possible way could I overcome this. I mean, it was I, I had. Felony criminal charges that were going to be filed. I had a quarter of a million dollars in credit card debt. I owed my family a fortune. I they weren't speaking to me. My fiance had dumped me. All this stuff had happened, and and all of it was out of my control. It was so overwhelming. So as I lived in the moment of that day, but was putting all of my thought and all of my energy toward that, I was paralyzed by time or mm-hmm. my perception of time. The artificial deadline of tomorrow or I've got to fix this, and I could not fix it in tomorrow. But what I found was there was a solution in today. And when I, one of the first things I did, I, was, I went and got a job waiting tables. And while I truly hated waiting tables, <laughs> and I mean that sincerely, yeah, uh, that was a rough job. People, it was a brutal. However, when I started waiting tables. I was focused on getting the order into the kitchen. I was focused on getting the kitchen to get the food out to the customer. I was focused on getting the bill to the customer. I was focused on making the customer have a good experience so I'd get a good tip. And those four or five hours that I was waiting tables, an amazing thing happened, Walt. I was forced to live in now, Mm. that moment of now. I was forced to live there. I could not worry about what's going to happen. I could be arrested the next morning. I could be arrested when I walked out of the job. Yeah. But I, 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 I couldn't focus on that. I, all I could focus was my nose to the grindstone of getting it done. And I got those things done. And then at the end of the time, I realized, wait a minute, I, I, I've actually taken a tiny, tiny bite out of what I got to do. And while I certainly have no power in tomorrow, I understood that those four hours were my power. And that's where my time existed. And I got to choose that. So the illusion of time is also an illusion of, of it, it, it brings fear when, when you, you know, fear can be part of time. But when you realize there isn't a moment that matters, then right now, as our audience is listening to this, whether you're listening to us live on Thursday morning, eight, on the 18th of October, or you're listening to us two weeks from now, uh, your moment of time is where your power exists. 
you are in charge of all the actions and all the thoughts that are taking place in this moment. So when you start looking at time in, in a way, one of the things that I it, it I have always been fascinated by is I remember as a child and you're sitting in class and you're looking at that clock. There's, you know, this classic school clock, right. the white with the black letters yeah. and, you know, and numbers on it. It's just yeah. like you could literally see it click. When school got out at 335 and it was 330, those five minutes were forever. <laughs> they were endless. They were endless. And, and also an, another thing, I mean, you know, another point of time is those, those of you who are baseball fans, the baseball game, Lord, they're endless. <laughs> they go on and they go on. And I had to get that in there, Walt. I'm sorry. I know you're, you're, you're having a good baseball season right now. So, uh, uh, you know, but, but within that concept of time, again, we use the word perspective of time and you, what is going on in your life? When I was doing something fun, it was like, oh my gosh, the, the, the fun stuff lasts very quickly, but the, the stuff you, you hate that takes forever. Mm. And again, it was a perception of things. And I, I realize now as I've grown older, I used to hear time goes so much faster as you grow older. Well, it, it does. And your perception of time changes greatly. Uh, a year, which seemed like an overwhelming number in my teens, was now it's like a year. It's hard to believe that, you know, that, that I can't believe we're at, at another uh, uh, Halloween coming up in a yeah, few weeks. Right. It's amazing to me that mm -hmm. that's happening so quickly. Yeah. And, and again, that perception of time. So when you can perceive something, even though it's a tangible second, is something that's measurable, your perception of time is why time is an illusion because the perception is what it's all about. It's not the time. And I know that's a lot of stuff to cover, but it, it is a, it is a, a unique version. Time is a measurement tool that humans created, but it is really artificial in, in its creation because it's just used as a measurement device. It doesn't, because a minute could be forever or a minute could be less than a seemingly less than a second mm. and simply time is about your perspective yeah it's true it's true in fact uh you were talking about uh the stuff you were going through uh 20 odd years ago and when Eckhart Tolle wrote the book the power of now which you referenced earlier he also was in a pretty difficult circumstances different kinds of circumstances from yours but nevertheless he was going through some pretty rough stuff and it's partly what motivated him to write the book in the first place because through that concept, through that perspective of just focusing on right now and not even going to past or future, just letting go of all that, just staying right in the present moment, he found solace. He found relief from all of the, the pain, the suffering, the anxiety, the worry, the consternation, the disappointment that he was experiencing when he was thinking about the future in most cases, or in some cases the past. And realizing there was really nothing he could do about them, just as you're pointing out, that there, that it was beyond his power. But what was in his power, again, as you pointed out, was what's going on right now, because that's where we live. And it's true. We only live in the now. Um, in fact, Cindy and I were talking yes. about, just the other day, uh, we've been reading uh, one of Neville Goddard's books uh, called Out of This World over the last few episodes that I've done with her. And we, we were remarking on the idea that Goddard was presenting that if you understand time is the fourth dimension and you kind of look at a human being living 
in four dimensions, where time is the fourth dimension, it's almost like you have a series of scenes, like in, say, a cartoon film strip, where you have frame, 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 frame. Each frame is a, you know, one split second later, one split second later. And when you look at the whole thing, you get a moving picture. Well, you can also imagine it as like a three-dimensional image that builds itself like a worm, you know, with the, the figure constantly changing its motions and doing things and saying things and so forth. And this long worm represents the human lifespan over, you know, when you spread it out over time. And in that sense, you can actually see the entire lifespan of a human being all in one look, all in one view. And that's another way of understanding that time is an illusion because when you're looking at it in that view, there is no duration. It's just, there's the whole thing from beginning to end. So, you know, again, is time real? Is it an illusion? There are people who, I mean, when you posted your post, you had at least one person who said, well, time is real. And I'm thinking to myself, the moment that she said time is real is the moment she said she wasn't living in the now. Right. Right. And, and if, if you look at all the suffering, all the, all the, you know, and, and again, I, I, I'll do some, I know there, there'll be somebody listening that will not, not understand this. If you're, you know, depression is a real thing and, you know, I'm not, this is not a medical show. This is just talking about, you know, metaphysical thought and law of attraction thought. So I, I say that because most depression is based on the perception of what has happened in, out of regret in the past. Mm-hmm. That's what most depression is. Mm-hmm. Most anxiety is based on the fear of what is going to happen in the future. Right. And the, it, it, you can almost judge where someone's at. You know, and, and when I say judge, if I'm in a life coaching role of, of where their stress and anxiety or their 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 regret, uh, which leads to a depressive type feeling, comes from you know what what's bothering you. It, almost where they tell you, you, well, I'm worried about this tomorrow. Okay, well, let's look at the historical facts that's causing you to worry about tomorrow. The entire time, you're not focusing on today. I have a, a client who has a, a very important interview uh, today at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Wow. And uh, it's, a, it's with a massive company. It's a very important job. And we were doing some last-minute talking yesterday. And this, this she's an incredible lady. Uh, and, and, and she'll make it great. I have no doubt she'll get the job and, and she's on the right mindset. But she's spent her entire life preparing for this type job. Mm. And to literally be looking, well, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. And we got her. I said, look, I said, who, who is more capable of this job? And it, it's such a, uh, a, a great, it, I don't want her to go in with arrogance because that would be perceived as, as something. But going with confidence is an entirely different thing. And you base right. your confidence on your strength when you understand your strength is right now. You know, that, that's where it takes place. And I, I, I know exactly when, when we, when we start focusing on the, the time element as, as time is this artificial illusion that we are stressing about, uh, it, it, it really creates a, uh, this dynamic that the human mind, I don't think, was ever really meant to comprehend it or, or have to deal with. Because while our power exists in right now, you know, that, that we use the analogy of before that, and I, I, I'll sort of go back there too. If, if you know, you picture a gazelle being chased by a lion, and, you know, the gazelle is amazingly fast and nimble, but the lion is powerful and is, is going to crush the gazelle. But the gazelle makes a quick right turn and goes over this, 
uh, rock and the lion's too big to get through this little hole and the gazelle gets to the other side. Okay. What does the gazelle start doing? Okay. It's over. Let's just start, and, you know, see, just starts eating some grass. It's like, yeah. okay, that's what, that's what happened. Right. A, a human, if, let's, let's update the situation to a human. A human is driving through an intersection. A car runs through the red light. The human slams on his brake and swerves to the right. And the, the other car barely misses him. And the human sits there and the, Oh my God. Oh my God. What, mm. what, and it spends the entire day of what almost happened. Uh, uh, the gazelle doesn't have the concept of time. So in a sense, the, the gazelle's like, well, it's irrelevant. I mean, the lion, yeah, that's been like eight seconds ago. The lion chased me. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter right. to the gazelle. You know, it, 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 I'm hungry. I got to eat. Uh, where the human will tell that story 50 times in a day or how they were almost killed mm. and, and how they, you know, how they unintentionally are maybe even attracting another accident. So the, the, the perception that we control solely exists in right now. So when you, when you fall into the vast, you know, illusion of time, you lose control of your, your, your perception, your perspective of right now, and then you lose control of your power. And it, what I'm saying is, I'm like, well, that's great, Joel. That's, you know, sounds so easy when you say it. It's yeah, not right. <laughs> because we are conditioned. It, 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 it's impossible on some level, you know, to not have that, that what is going to happen tomorrow. Uh, it, it really is almost impossible not to, but the more you learn to, Focus in the more you live in right now, time time has no issue when you're living in right now. Time is is simply what what you you're, this is where time all that matters exists. And if you can stay there, the majority of your day, you're going to get so much done. And then tomorrow will not be near as 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 stressful when you can do that. But that's a a lot of roundabout talk. But it's such an incredible perspective that philosophers have discussed for years. Uh, and you know the the the, the idea that you know, everybody sees time from their own lens uh somebody doing uh life in prison you know I've, I've talked to people who have done 30 years in prison before and they describe the first couple of years as incredibly horrible just just you could not comprehend what the, the thought of being there for 30 years looked like and then at some point, you adapt to it, and the next 28 years seem to go by relatively quickly from their perspective mm. because they had to adjust all of that, and they had to adjust what they were viewing. And many people that have been in prison for that period of time, uh, that I, I, when I say many, I've talked to three or four, so I, I, that's not a good sampling, but the ones that I've spoken with that use that time for incredible transformation and while they certainly don't want to do or even have 30 more years to, to devote to prison again, they certainly feel that they use that period of growth so they don't view it as wasted time like most people would think they would. Mm, yeah, good point. And, and I, I guess that's part of what your message tends to be and has been since you and I have been doing the show together, uh, which is that when we're in our darkest hour, that's when we tend to have the greatest ability to live in that now and to emerge victorious. Yes, what what one of one of the uh, one of my favorite clients of all time is a, a, a he was a bomb diffuser. Um, it, it, it is it is such a what what I mean. But he would, in the Middle East, what he would do is he would uh, 
when there would be a bomb that was not exploded, it would hit on the ground in a compound or near where our troops were. He would be called in to defuse these bombs. Now, they're very dangerous. I mean, you don't even need to say it's a very dangerous job. Yeah, Clearly, really. you're defusing bombs. So uh, it, it's a very dangerous bomb, uh, very dangerous job. So what he did, I, he was telling me about this one time, and I forget the name of the city, but it was it was somewhere in, in Iraq. And they have this compound that this this bomb had landed in the middle of the compound. And... It uh, did not explode, but it's just sticking out of the ground. You know, this, this bomb sticking out of the ground, and he was just—he was called to go defuse the bomb. Well, as the bomb hit, there were insurgents or bad people coming and shooting and shooting. And well, there's women and children in this compound. There's soldiers in this compound. They're defending the compound. They have bullets coming over the walls. People coming, you know, and shooting. Well, he had to defuse the bomb with all that going on. Yeah. And he had the ability to tune all the noise out, study the, the how the bomb was set up, because they're all done differently. Some of them have triple, you know, he's obviously a genius at looking at this stuff. He's a brilliant right. man. And he's looking at it and figuring out what, what you know, it is, it is like the movies. If you cut the wrong wire, you blow up everybody. If you cut the right wire, you're safe. And so he, he's studying this bomb and he's having to really focus. And while that's going on, he said he would, all sound would disappear. There'd be no peripheral vision. There'd be no, he said he felt a hollow feeling as he's studying that bomb and realized, and he, he would look at it and he said it took him about nine minutes. He followed the wire. He had two wires to cut. And when he cut the second wire, the moment he cut it and the bomb, the, it was clearly diffused. All the sound came rushing back. All the noise. Time went from standing still in his vision to the flurry of a war. Wow. And he, he described that. And, and it's actually one of the tools that he was dealing with a, a lot of issues, like, a, like many of our, our, our men that, and women that come back from those uh, battles. And, and we, we, he actually used that tool to help deal with some of the issues he was dealing with when he realized, when he told me the story and I told him the story back, I said, you have a power greater than anything I could imagine to possess. I'm impressed by it. And he didn't ever see it that way. So I said, if you have that power in that situation to protect others and, and do your job, why don't we use that same power to protect you? And when you get in these situations, these middle states, be it, and he, he, he applied that same principle and really found it to be very, very helpful. And, you know, that, that's our life. When I look at when I, I'm excited that time is in our vision to control. Time is our world to control. It, 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 it's, it is part of your perspective. And when you understand that, you can then take this illusion of time and use it to your advantage. And that is a, uh, you know, that, that is such a great tool. When you think of, of, of examples of time and, and how people will view them, take, uh, uh, what's the, the gentleman, the Microsoft co-founder that passed away yesterday? Uh, Paul Allen's name. Um, Paul Allen, good man. Uh, donated a lot of stuff. Uh, very, very wealthy. He's worth a couple of billion dollars, I'm pretty sure. And it's the, you know what that in his current non-physical state, 
that billion dollars or two billion or five billion dollars means nothing. Uh, it, it, it means absolutely nothing. It, it has no value because the most valuable thing to him would be more time. Uh, if, if, if that were, and again, I don't know his personal situation. I mean, I, I have a belief system that's sort of a little different than that, but I, I'm just trying to point out that the billion dollars was irrelevant to the, to if, when he had no more time. Exactly. So yeah. it, it uh, again, within the perspective, you know, if you ask him if he knew he was in the process of dying and was going to die that day, you know, uh, if, it, and I'm sure this would be the answer. Say, okay, you have five billion dollars. If you give it away, you'll have another year. I can imagine he would have said, "Of course, I'll give it away." Sure. Yes, it's gone. Oh, yeah. One more year, It'd be great. Sure. Uh, I'm sure he would gladly give it all. Where there are people right now that are literally voluntarily giving away all of their time to try to get money or try to get you know in a situation that's not anywhere close to that. You know, so you you look at the incongruency of of how we're perceiving time and how we spend our time. That's why one of the things that, that I just love in my day is I have a job that is just the most I, – I, I have the best job I think anybody in the country has. I love what I do. I make really good money. I have incredible people I work with. I get to see miracles take place every day. Who has a better job than that? <laughs> so within that I, – I, I have a life that I absolutely love. So I don't perceive, I don't, you know, when Monday morning comes around, I, I'm always irritating my friends with really positive Monday morning posts because I really do love Mondays. I do, I love when the week gets started. I love the fact that I get up every day and I'm excited about what I do. So when you live like that, time, you know, it, it, it's, I'm living so much in right now. Time isn't a big factor in my life. And I, I, because it, it doesn't dictate much. Now, I do use it as a measurement device because I, I like to be very prompt when I do things. When I, when I meet with a client, I like to make sure that, if, you know, I meet with them exactly when I say I'm going to meet with them. And if I want to be late, I'll let, I please let, So I do use time as a marking device of where I need to be. But I try not to let time affect me on a mental state or, or live in regret or, you know, that, that's such a hard thing not to do or fear of tomorrow. And it is a lot better. I know when I was, there were days, Walt, when I did not know if I would be able to eat food the next day. Mm. It was that bad. And uh, those are not fun times. So no matter what people are going through, I'm not trying to sound like I don't understand. It's hard not to think about being hungry when you're hungry. Right. I, I realize all that. It, it, it's hard to not think about your kids, you know, you, you know, you need to, that's why the law of attraction for so many people and for all of us, I think, as we do this becomes such a hard, difficult thing to implement because of the reality of things. It's so easy to discuss these things, but until you live it, I get it. I completely get it. I know there, the three days after my son TJ died in my perspective, I battled that perspective minute by minute, second by second. Mm. Now, I knew where I needed to be, but it's hard when you're dealing with that to stay there. It really is. Yeah. And and it, it was a very difficult place to be. So no matter what, when when I'm saying this, I, I, I'm sure people that are going through things are saying, well, that's so easy for you to say, Joel. You have it, and you're in such a good position right now, and I and I am. So I get it's easier to say when you're doing it, but I am telling you the tools that led me to get through that to get here are what we're talking about right now. Which makes sense because ultimately we can't 
shift anything in our circumstances until we believe we can shift it. And, and I, that sounds yes. so redundant to say that, but it's literally true. Because every moment that we're focusing on all the ways that things aren't working out for us is the, are, is, is the same moment that we are focusing on the idea that we cannot shift where we are. You can't literally think about shifting where you are at the same time that you're focusing on things are not going the way I want them to. There's no way to do that. The, the, the two are just too far apart. And like you said, anybody who's been in that situation knows when, when you're in that rough situation, it doesn't matter what the rough situation is. It's going to be different for every person. But when you're in that rough situation, it's about as far away from the, the happy, good-feeling place of everything's working well as you can get. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that, that is so real. And when you understand that, uh, the reality of, you're now when you when when you are aching or your your now is affected by what has happened or what is about to happen and then so your now is affected and and so that that that's where you know the the learning these techniques learning to apply and have them work it it, it you have to actually believe that that's the 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 reality for most people in understanding one one person, one young lady that I've, I've worked with who's had amazing results using this, uh, these concepts is her initial risk. She said, well, Joel, I read the book of secret and I, I try to manifest a million dollars for the last six years and I can't do it. She said, I, I tried everything. And I said, well, how have you tried? She said, and, I said, and she was, uh, 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 she worked for a company. She was sort of a, um, a warehousing clerk and she said, I said, well, how much money do you make now? And she said, well, I make about $45,000 a year. And I said, oh, okay. Well, I said, do you really believe you can make a million dollars a year? I mean, maybe you do, but do you really believe it? Well, the right. secrets, no, no. What do you believe? Forget what the secret says. What do you believe? She said, well, it, I, I don't know how I can do it. I said, so you, there's a, not really a belief you could do it, but you're trying hard to believe. I said, but do you believe you can make 60 this year? Now I know I can do that. You know, I said, so we, we started with the 60. Well, let's, 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 now it isn't that the law of attraction could bring her a million dollars. She really didn't believe it, Walt. That's the key. And that's why she now, couldn't once bring she believed she, right. Yeah. Once she brought 60, then 70 was in vision. And within less than a year, she was making a hundred, but she did it incrementally. Right. And she did it, you know, she, she had a side business and she had, uh, you know, she always had, I love the term, the younger people use the side hustle. It's, a, it's an awesome law of attraction tool. Um, there's tons of things out there you can do on a side hustle nowadays. These people are doing, and she did several of those. And well, she, she got her income up to a hundred and then she, she's able to then incrementally go up. She will eventually get to whatever number she believes she can get to. She's living much more comfortably now because she's believing where she's at. And that's that, you know, tying it into the time frame when, when you believe the time's your ally, when you believe all these things are happening, you, you know, and right now is where your power is, you implement that. When you buy into the historical narrative you've developed, or do you look toward the, the unimagined future, there's no way this could work out. That's where your, your now gets violated by, by the perspective of time and the impending historical time and, and the future time. It's, it's, it kills you that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Cindy Chavez, as I mentioned, and I have been doing 
the the Neville Goddard book over the last few episodes that I've done with her, one of her favorite things, actually her favorite thing that Neville Goddard says is his phrase, assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled, which is his way of describing living in the now, feeling the now, experiencing the now, and the more that you can do that to really make it real in your in your imaginary experience is the degree to which it actually becomes real in your experience. And yet one of the most difficult parts about that is feeling in the now, feeling in, in the imagination now that you've created, this this thing that you're trying to imagine. And, I mean, for instance, with your example of, of the young lady you mentioned, she had a great deal of difficulty feeling that 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 million-dollar reality she was trying to create. And and I sympathize. I mean, I've had the same problem. I think almost everybody has the same problem, not necessarily just with money or, or even with money. It can be with a wide range of things. But that difficulty involved in feeling the thing that you're trying to imagine and, and living in that space in your moment right now can be really challenging when you don't have it. Challenging actually is un- an understatement. It can seem overwhelming. Well, that, that I, I think that's exactly right. I, I think the the that's that's the key to this is being able to actually feel what that feels like. How you know, I I, I use this example. Uh, I actually stole this uh, overall concept from Abraham Hicks' uh, podcast. I listened to at one point or a, a, a video that I lit, watched. But if you really want to understand, if, you know, say you meet someone from uh, uh, some country that doesn't have a lot you know and they and they they've they've really lived on rice and beans their entire life they right. they don't they they don't have anything extra yeah and they come to the united states and they come up to you and said hey Walt, what's that thing you're eating you say, oh, that's a that's a chocolate bar here wow that looks good can you describe to me what chocolate tastes like <laughs> Try to describe to someone, how would you describe chocolate to someone who has never tasted anything but rice and beans? Yeah, that, that, that's a challenge. Yeah, because, because everything, any descriptive you're going to use is going to require some historical belief or understanding based on other things you've tried. If I were to say, it's a very creamy, smooth, it's like very sweet butter. Like what? I don't understand. What's sweet? What's butter? Um, I don't get it. You know, it, it, so you have, have no context. Point. You would have no point. right. You'd have nothing in context, and 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 so that that's the law of attraction. When you're trying to imagine something that you have no context to, that's why it doesn't work. That's the exact same analogy. That's why it doesn't work. Is you can describe it all day, but if you don't really know what it's like to to not worry about money, to not. To, to have an abundance or not live in fear of money or relationships. And, and we, I, I want to be clear too, because I get this comment a lot from people. We talk about money a lot. It is probably the main reason people stumble onto the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. It is not why they stay with the law of attraction. So we use money in the beginning. It's irrelevant whether it's money, relationships, or, or what. It, it, it's the abundance of life. But money is the simplest thing that I, I think where most people come and go from the law of attraction emanates from a money situation. I don't know if you agree with that, but that's oh, I, I think so. Like it's certainly among the top three. I mean, I would say the top three are probably, like you said, money, relationships, and health. Those those are the two main three yeah. main categories that I think uh, pretty much drive everybody where LOA is concerned. Right. Yes. So when you when you look at that, and you, you again, you're breaking this down into a very remedial type 
discussion, but having the ability to live in the moment right now when you've never understood living in the moment or somebody trying to describe it. So when I describe living in the moment, there people, you get this class-eyed look of, okay, I'm, you know, I've, I've had people, well, Joel, yeah, my, my mortgage is still due tomorrow, even though right now <laughs> I'm in, I'm in the moment. And, you know, and, and so you, you, I, I'm going to get that repossession notice. I said, but what, this is a, 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 a as I told that story, a, a, that analogy there came to mind. Um, several years ago, I was working with a gambler who uh, had uh, uh, gambled himself into a mess, and, and so I was talking some about some of these concepts, and I said, "Either we need to get focused on right now," and he, and he got very mad at me because Joel, you don't understand. My mortgage is due tomorrow, and I am going to get served a notice to be evicted, uh, and my family will have no place to live. And you're telling me to live and focus on today. He said, I said, that's, I'm wasting my time here. And I said, well, I said, clearly we're, 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 if you believe that, you certainly are. And he goes, I'm really, he was really getting infuriated, infuriated with my, my rhetoric, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he said, so what, okay, he said, let me just try, try to live with you for a moment in right now. So what he does, I said, well, I said, okay, let's break, break down what you're worried about, but applying the power of right now. Mm-hmm. And he said, I said, he calmed down. He said, okay. He said, he said, seriously, my mortgage is three months late. I have to pay it tomorrow. I have no other option. I don't know what to do. I said, okay. I said, what did the mortgage company say? And he said, well, here, here's the letter. Here's what they said. I go, no, what did the mortgage company say when you called them? Silence. He said, well, I haven't called them. Mm. I said, so, I said, well, have you called and told them your problem or told that you're going through some stuff? So making long story short, he agreed to get on the phone with me, and we we called the mortgage company, and I was there, and I explained. I said, uh, we'll call him John. I said, John has been through some financial issues. He's dealing with a medical problem, uh, and the lady on the phone went from being sort of snotty to pretty nice. And she said, well, I'm really sorry to hear that. And she she said, well, now, well, this is uh, uh, it's still due, and we're still going to have to figure out something. She, but she was getting a little nicer as it went, and, and so she she asked me what I did. And she said, now, who are you? And I said, well, I'm a counselor. Now, I'm trying not to tell her that he's a compulsive gambler, but I'm, right. I'm trying to, at the same time, you know, walk a line. And she said, now, what counselor, what, what kind of work do you do? I said, well, I, said, I specialize in addiction work, but I said, I do all types of counseling. And she said, oh, my, my father's a bad alcoholic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand addiction. And then he says, well, I, to be honest with you, this is caused by my addiction to drinking and gambling. And she became super supportive. And she said, look, she said, yeah, a lot of people have some stuff. She said, we have a program you can go into. And she literally, we worked through in a 30 minute phone call. She was amazing. She allowed him 30 days to come up with a, a small percentage. She basically had a way of not officially refinancing, but going on like a two year recovery plan to get back on track mm. and started with a very little money and it kept him in his house. And he was able to realize, oh, he said, I get it. He said, I never could have taken action. And now because I was so devastated, what was going to happen tomorrow, but I wasn't thinking clearly, but once I was able to, you helped me calm down and made the call. My power, my existence in right now fixed it, and I was able to do it. And, and, and he actually, that helped him with his recovery. He was able to, you know, this has been many years ago, and he, everything's fine now. He's been in recovery for a long time. So those are ancient memories right now for him, mm. but they were very real at the time. So, so that's what happens 
when we're looking at, at the confines of time or the fear of time or the fear of historical time or the regret of historical time. And, and so we, we apply a lot when the, again, the only relevant moment in my day is this moment right now. And it, it, when I can shut out the clutter and focus on what action I can do to fix any, any percent, I, I can't, I don't have anything going on in my life that I'm concerned about right now. I mean, everything's flowing smoothly. I'm in great health and all that. So I'm, I'm not really, you know, on that urge right now to have any need to intervene. But if something does come up, I have the ability to use this, this incredible power of now, this incredible, all my energy and effort exist in now only and when i can apply that i'm given this great gift and and that's that's what our it's easy to say until you've until you're in the middle of something but when you do have this when you figure out how to apply that your answers from both past and present and no your answers for both past and future are in present right now Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's where we exist right now it's an ironic thing too, because when when we're dealing with stuff like that, like what John was dealing with, um, I mean, his is obviously a pretty severe example of stuff. But stuff can come in all kinds of, of forms and all levels of difficulty and things to be worried about and anxious about and so forth. That stuff actually blocks us from taking the kinds of inspired action that would help us get out of there. We we become almost um, numbed and and immobilized, if you know what I mean. It, it's yes. almost like we become paralyzed. Paralyzed. Yeah. paralyzed. That's a better word, right? It, it's almost like we, we lost our ability to move and, and we're just, we, we stuck ourselves. We, 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 we stick ourselves in, in a place of immobility. And that's actually the worst thing we can be doing. But nevertheless, because the enormity of whatever it is we're dealing with just overwhelms our brains, we just, it's like we give up. That's such a – the defense mechanism of stress is not intended – It stress and anxiety has a, a paralyzing effect. Mm. Uh, it is meant to be protective, but in reality, it's in, in modern society, it's become destructive. Uh, the concept of the fight-or-flight mechanism that, is, is, that we were our, – our ancestors had, uh, you know, if, if, if – you know, back in the day – you needed, uh, uh, you had this big old dinosaur chasing you and, uh, he's going to eat you. And yes, audience, I'm aware of dinosaurs that don't exist. It's my vision. It's my Flintstone world. So let's just let me live there for a while. Times are relevant. I'm adjusting it to make, make my story work. Um, but you know, the, the dinosaurs chasing you and you had two, two options. You had to, you know, flee or you had to fight. That was mm-hmm. the only two options. Pretty much. So the body was prepared. To to deliver this this incredible burst of of cortisol and adrenaline and all these great chemicals that that, that increase your strength and a lot of things happen. Well, that worked back then. Well, that same mechanism exists today. So you get wound up over some event that's happened. You got and all this cortisol gets released. All this and then we do nothing. And so those chemicals become a paralyzing agent. It's like you you can't think clearly because while that not and not digesting your food and having all that adrenaline and all that energy, it serves you in a fight or flight situation. It debilitates you in a situation that requires effort and thought with clarity. 
because you can't think with clarity when you're in that stressful of a situation. And, and because you're, you're, you're looking to how do I flee this or how do I fight this? And there isn't an answer to that. So what the answer then is, is, is when you can stop and take a deep breath, what action fits today? What action gets today? What am I biggest fear for tomorrow? What can I do in today? And that, that's how you can use time to your advantage or your, or again, the perception of time to your advantage is, is, you know, today is where it's going to exist. And I need to, to live there. I need to push myself to a, po- a point of understanding that I have this. I have it under control for today. And then when you make, all it takes is a few of those. And then we're in really good shape. You know, you, you really start to use that tool in a great way. And there's nothing you can't overcome without when you use that concept. It's funny, too, because as you were talking about the, the fight or flight options, it did occur to me there was a third option that if we proposed it would seem to be ludicrous, like totally useless and totally ridiculous and laughable. And that would be to try to negotiate with the dinosaur. Like, let's see if we could look at this from a different perspective. And meanwhile, the dinosaur is chasing you down. That that would be a silly thing to do. And yet, and yet, in a sense, that's what we're asking ourselves to do. We're asking ourselves to stop and take stock in the middle of being chased by a dinosaur. That's not an easy thing to do. But that's what what you got to do, ultimately. Yeah. That's what goes against what we that goes against our human nature to take a moment and say, look, I, I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to need to be that guy that's defusing the bomb. Right. Very few people can, can dissociate from that moment enough to defuse the bomb. He had that incredible ability. If we can develop an ability to step back, look at it, and then be able to apply the proper, you know, the non, uh, of, uh, chemically based overreactions of fleeing or, or fighting versus a logical response or being able to, to not emotionally attach all that fear to it. Because if you, if you respond to that, uh, if he was responding to this debt, the artificial deadline, then it was artificial because it was clearly by the phone call negotiable, mm. but he had made that deadline of time he had, he'd, he'd been paralyzed the last month before this. He hadn't done anything toward it. He was waiting on this inevitable event. He hadn't told his wife that they're about to be evicted. She had no idea this was going on. Oh, wow. He was living with all the stress of all this stuff. Yeah. So he's pounding himself straight and he was paralyzed to take no action. And the day before this is all going to fall apart. We change the mindset. He makes the call. The actions change. The whole thing's in an entirely different direction. Mm-hmm. It fixes it. Now, that call could have been made a month before and sure. saved a lot of stress. Oh, yeah. But it got him to that point. If that, if, if that's, uh, you know, so, so one way or another, when we have people who are facing, that are listening right now, that are facing stuff. And I, when I say this, I say this from great, the, all this stuff I'm saying is from a place of empathy because of where I've been. I've, I've lived this, I've, I've, as you have in a lot of ways, Walt, I've lived. It, it, and so this isn't just some radical concept that like, oh, yeah, well, Joel's just saying that because you know, it, 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 I've lived through this. And these tools have given me the power to be where I'm at today. And, and this is such an incredible gift that I love to share. The law of attraction has a perspective that applies and it, and, and it, it's a concept that, that matches a lot of the Buddhist beliefs, you know, the concepts of a lot of different things. 
that bring you to you being the source of your cure. Whatever ails you, you are the source of your cure, and you have great power within that source. And and you can tap into it, or you can deny it, but it exists in you. And as long as you're able to believe with all your heart, then it does work. It's also interesting to me, uh, when I've dealt with my own stuff, I'm even dealing with stuff now, as I deal with it, as I uh, as I, I continue to try to focus on the now, as we've been talking about today, not worry about the time, get the time out of my out of my thought process, knowing perfectly well that focusing on that time does really nothing to help me at all. All it does is, like you say, it makes me worry, it makes me upset, it makes me frustrated, it makes me anxious. So that doesn't help at all. So I, I do need to focus on the now. So I try to focus on the now, and in that focusing on the now, I'm actually pushing myself to do something that's uncomfortable. Because I'm the, oh, yeah. the, the other part of it is that it's all familiar. I mean, I know about time, right? It, the time is coming yeah. when when the thing that I'm fearing is a, is about to be a, upon me. I know it's there. I believe it's there, and it's coming. Well, yeah. And now that I have successfully focused on that, I have taken away my ability to focus on right now. And in that uh, inability to focus on right now, I've set myself up to make sure that that thing comes. Yes, and that and that that's where the 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 non emotional uh, law of attraction it, it it's not it's not picking up it's not saying Walt I'm going to punish you because your thoughts are bad it's simply saying Walt this is what you're putting out there I have no option but to give it to you yes. I, I have you know and that and that's what you're that's the big cycle that we're in with this that's the big cycle that that uh, places you where you're at right now. It puts you in this this mindset of, of whatever the specific events are surrounding your world right now. It puts you there. And you have to, you don't have to do anything. If you <laughs> want to successfully approach this, you you then step away from that and say, okay, I'll, I almost need to look at this as the bomb diffuser. Right. Here's my bomb. Let me sit back. What what avenues do I have to address it? And ignoring it or worrying about it is the absolute opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. By addressing it to whatever level you can address it, that might be phone calls, or that might be again. I don't know your exact situation, but as we're looking at everything, there there will be action steps that, in a clear state of mind, you would be able to see that in a stressed state of mind that will not come to your mind. And the one thing that's the worst thing to do is to keep trying to play out, okay, I do this thing now, what happens in the future? Because then you just, first of all, not, you got out of the now. And second of all, you're, ans- you're, you're posing questions you can't even answer. So you're setting yourself up once again. Oh, so, yeah. so you, you be, literally are taking yeah. steps that you can do right now and you aren't even worrying about whether or not the steps are going to work. You just, these are the steps I can take now. So I take the steps now and that's all there is to it. Yeah. And sometimes the step. It, it may seem ridiculous. Exactly. Okay, there's zero action I can take right now. So I'm going to go on a walk or I'm going to watch a funny movie. Yeah, something. So yeah. I'm, it, it, I, I, that might be my action. It you know, be. the law of action has amazing results. Unfortunately, we've run out of action because we've run out of time. But this has been a great conversation, Joel, and I look forward to carrying on the next one next week with you. Thank you, Walt. It's been great. And we'll hope that you'll join us next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.